0: Welcome to episode 132 of the Bite Me podcast. I am again not Adam. I don't think we're going to see Adam next week either. He's got to fly to far, far away land. I don't, I don't remember where he's going, but he's going somewhere, and uh, so he won't Minnesota. be in Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, Minnesota, Minnesota in June. I bet you, is kind of humid and gross, but that could be I wrong. I don't know. Anyway, you're hearing uh, Cliff obviously, and then that's Dylan. He's talking too. Yeah. Uh-
1: I, I can talk. Um, we probably should have come up with a better story for Adam's uh long disappearance, but
0: right, um, that we've been maybe, pretty
1: transparent about it instead of saying we fired him.
0: I wanna say that Adam is off uh like chasing like ink and gold in the Arizona desert, like or like looking for D B Cooper. So what you didn't just hear was Dylan's alarm going off, uh, his fire alarm going off for the last two minutes. It's the only residential fire alarm I think I've ever heard that actually says, fire, your house is on fire, along with a piercing uh, alarm
1: noise. Beep. Yeah, it was great. It's brutal. And I think it was the tallest one that you can't really access. I don't even know how, like, I would have to uncover a ladder and somehow... Twist it through the halls to get there yeah. and then climb it. Yeah, some of those know. are just crazy. I, I have a
0: couple light bulbs that way. They're like twenty feet off the ground. I'm like, well, this is great. Even if I had a six foot ladder, these would still be ten feet away from me. Yeah, so
1: you just gotta um ignore it until it stops. Ugh. Yeah. Fire alarms are
0: fire alarms are very important, but they're also terrible.
1: Right. The number of times I've been saved by a fire alarm is zero. And the number of times I've been inconvenienced by one is, um, many. However, um, my parents' house did catch on fire and I'm sure the fire alarm was going off, but they weren't inside it. Um, fortunately, which is also semi-unfortunate because that means the fire can spread until someone walks in and realizes it it is on fire. No, But anyway, this is a
0: tangent. My mother-in-law's <laughs> house burned down, and she also was not there. Right, so, so I, I guess. I don't know anyone who's actually been saved by a fire right. alarm. Yeah, um, whatever. Anyway, uh, today we are going to talk about all the news that we could find in the week prior to E3, which I'll give you a hint is not much.
1: There's a lot of why is
0: this news stories. Yeah, um, we could have done uh, two and a half hours on you know, like E3 rumors, right?
1: But, but those are rumors, and yeah. Spreading rumors is nasty exactly uh so what we
0: will talk about is uh for some reason Nintendo today decided to do a Pokemon Direct where they talked about Sword and Shield uh Magic the Gathering is getting a series on Netflix uh there's a new game out called Battalion 1944 it looks kind of interesting especially if you're into that kind of streaming Fortnite CSGO kind of game uh Game Pass is officially coming to PC I'd like to personally thank Microsoft for dropping that bomb the day after we recorded that was really cool of you uh Cuphead is, oddly enough, coming to the Tesla. And Minecraft Story Mode is going away maybe forever. So that is all of our news that is Fit to News. Uh, we've, of course, got questions from a whole bunch of people. We've got a bunch of cheap free games because, of course, Microsoft also waited to release those the day after we uh, recorded last week. It was really really good planning on their part. Uh, but anyways, we're going to start now with what we have been playing. Dylan, tell me, what have we been playing?
1: I guess I'll just talk about Dauntless. Yeah, because um, um, Eddie, in one of his many carnations of his names, whichever one we want to uh, refer to as him now, I believe Eduardo Desperado. I like him. Um, he convinced uh, me to play this game, and hey, it's pretty fun. Yeah. um
0: Give me a little backstory on it. Like, I, I what I've heard is best way to describe it is just Monster Hunter Light.
1: Yeah, and I think that's exactly what it is. Um, and maybe. I kind of watched some like monster hunter videos briefly and I like the monsters are really cool. Like the graphics are great and I don't really like the character models very much. So I don't, I don't know why I just didn't. Um, And I've tried to play before. I didn't get super into it. It's interesting, but Dauntless has that Fortnite aesthetic. um, So a more fun, whimsical art style, Um, interesting monster designs. um, So it, it's just a more accessible version i think um i think there's still a lot to learn within the game like i mean you're going to be learning the patterns of their attacks and learning how to dodge and use all the different weapons and learning what parts of the animals you can uh, or the behemoths um, you can attack uh, to get certain resources off of those or to remove some of their attacks, like the big beaver thing. If you chop its big beaver tail off, it can no longer do a big beaver tail slap. Um one example, and I'm sure that's very similar to Monster Hunter. Uh um, wait, wait, we're we're hunting giant beavers. Uh there is a giant beaver like I'm gonna call it a beaver like is it Wynonas? Um maybe. Hmm. Okay. Um I believe it's called the Nasher.
0: Mm, probably not then.
1: Um but it is a big brown beaver Um, uh maybe then and (laughs) (laughs) um anyway i think it is probably a little easier to step into um it definitely doesn't feel quite the hardcore game that monster hunter likely is i again i've not played it enough i tried one on the wii u i believe when they had monster hunter 3 ultimate super edition or whatever they put (laughs) on it um it's a game I have gone back to, to play more since I was introduced to it, um, to get better acquainted. And I'm at the point where I feel comfortable with it. Um, I kind of understand what I'm doing, what's going on when the different colored numbers pop up, what those mean, um, kind of the different things you're able to do, whether that's like staggering creatures and wounding them and breaking parts off. And, um, I think it, it, it's fun in that you, there's constantly missions to do. So it's like, rather than just being like, I'm going to go hunt behemoths with an ax. It's like, it incentivizes you to try the different weapons. And it it doesn't make me so much have to choose what I want to go fight as much as like, I can look and say, okay, which ones of these creatures help me fulfill my missions sure. or my quests or whatever. So, um, I, I enjoy that part of it. Um, Uh, i mean ultimately it is a game of grinding um as i think a lot of these online free-to-play type games are ultimately you're going to be grinding to better your weapons and make them the way you want them to look um and armor and there's basic um weakness resistance principles kind of like pokemon um except these ones are kind of strange in that they're just reversed so it's like Fire is strong against ice, and ice is strong against fire, except the armors of the same type are the ones that will give you benefits. So, like, ice armor is good against ice creatures, but fire weapons are good against ice creatures. And then shock and terra are vice versa. And then neutral behemoths don't have weaknesses or strengths. So you can kind of use whatever you want, but you're never going to have a type advantage. Sure. Um, the big hammer is able to break big stony plates off of creatures and probably ice better, but uh, a big hammer can't actually chop any tail off of the creature. You'll have to use a sword for that. Pikes wound things better um, than other things, but they might not do this better. So there's a lot of different, I guess, styles, and I'm sure certain weapons you'll find are better suited to tackle a certain behemoth. I think there's still a lot there. And for me, I think there's enough there that I, I can enjoy this and I might try monster hunter one day, but I don't, I think this kind of is more my style of game than monster hunter is.
0: Yeah, I, I really want to try it too. I think we should also remind people that this is a cross-play everywhere game. So you yeah. can play this, if you're on the Xbox, you can play with uh, PS4 and PC players, which Ooh, is yeah. really cool. It's the first game to launch that way. Um, I think this is way more my cup of tea too, just because I like the story ideas behind it better. I was kind of put off by Monster Hunter being a game where essentially you were hunting monsters for their skins. Like it was actually like a Literally actually, poaching. It's like yeah, poacher like, simulator. Yeah. Um, whereas these are big bad monsters have come from, I think, the center of the earth or, or have invaded your planet. I don't know, wherever. Bad monsters came from somewhere and you are protecting your people by killing right. these monsters instead of like, hey, I need a new pair of boots. And so I went and killed something for it. Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with that, but man, the first time you see a monster hunter Monster like run away, sad and scared, and go hide in its den, and then you have to track it down to kill it. Like, yeah. uh, you know, that's that was the end of Monster Hunter for me. Yeah,
1: so I definitely, I mean, I think there is slightly still a sense of that because, like, anytime like there is a cool like creature design, I am like, hey, that's pretty cute. So, like, <laughs> like I really like their designs, but I yeah. think I think it's artsy enough that y- you can kind of just be like, this is a game um, but- rather than. I'm hunting and slaying And I, I think to me
0: a lot of it was just the way it was presented too. Like if an animal, if I'm just, you know, like I mean dragons in Skyrim. Like I never felt like the slightest qualm about killing a dragon in Skyrim. Like, right. not that They weren't cute. Now they weren't interesting. They, they didn't run cute.
1: away and hide from you
0: exactly and i mean you look at him i'm like that could be a dog like i look at it i'm just like that's my dog like if someone came up and kicked my dog that's what my dog would look like hiding in its kennel right and i'm like well that's that's just not something i can do so i'm, I'm very excited to play donald so i'll have to hop on with you guys four player total Four, four
1: player Um uh, we did we did play three player i've played like some hunt solo um the only unfortunate thing is when you end up like squatting with strangers which is generally fine no one's really voice chatting you're kind of just fighting monsters um but occasionally you'll get matched up with three people and then two of them will leave and then the (laughs) monster scales for four players and you'll never beat it oh you just you just won't um i'm sure like there's plenty of players that are better than me that will be fine and good for them um that happened to eddie and i and like we fought this thing for 15 minutes and i bet we'd only tickled it at that point um it was and um on average it probably takes you about 15 minutes to fight the uneasy creatures um so expect that to be about your your play round um of time but i I recommend checking it out um there's there's no reason not to it's free and you can play with any of your friends that's awesome I will have to, I think I downloaded it, so I'll we'll have to give it a try.
0: Uh, do you want to talk about any of the other stuff you've been playing? It's kinda, Not really.
1: It's kind of the same stuff I've been playing.
0: Same for me. I've been playing more uh, Mario Odyssey. Um, I don't know. It's fine. Um, I'm too, I think, very close to the end. I, I've gone to, you know, you ride your magic balloon boat around and collect magic moons to power your balloon boat and i am at bowser's castle now and i've already beaten like the first part of bowser's castle um so i just have to do the next part of it um probably the only thing that's really stuck out for me in this game is there's a couple of places where you you go to like this food land i guess where i don't know everything's food and all the people i think are like forks um And there's a bunch of them where they have, like, stuck themselves in the landscape and you throw your hat at them and then you use them to, like, spring yourself up. Um, I thought that was incredibly enjoyable, just the, like, springing part of it. Um, And then later you actually get on these, like, I don't know, birds maybe that have these long pointy beaks and you can poke the beaks into the sides and it's the same mechanic. I thought that was really fun. Um, I don't know why. It just was kind of enjoyable. And then uh, there was... A part where you you like in the snow levels where you were these racing as these giant like I don't know probably Yeti kind of big round Yeti balls and the races were really fun I really enjoyed they, they were very bouncy and you just kind of bounce around this track that was really fun but besides that the gameplay is just Mario you collect things I'm still kind of not super into a lot of the like 3D jumping kind of things, there's there's been a couple of them have been really frustrating. and I'm sure they would have been better with a controller too. They're just not great handheld. So Mario, I think I'll probably beat it today, tomorrow, and then I guess I'll move on to something else. So do you want to uh do you wanna roll us into our next segment?
1: News <laughs> I was gonna cough right as I said it. Sorry, man. <clears throat> Dylan's Dylan's a little bit sick, like not super sick, just a little bit sick. It's like the inconvenience
0: sick. Like... Yeah, summer cold, man. Some no good. Mildly um uh, mildly annoying. Yeah. My kid had it last weekend over Memorial Day. It was it's kind of a bummer. So um I'm gonna make you talk some more because you actually know something about uh Pokemon Sword and Shield. You wanna tell me a little bit about it?
1: I do. It? So they had the direct this morning, um Wednesday morning, um for those who care. Um and I did not watch it, but I did look at all the kinds of stuff that they announced. Um, new Pokemon. It was Pokemon. like six
0: a.m. Our time, man. Like, yeah, it's, cool. just,
1: it's just early, and I'm not gonna do that. Oh. Um, I don't. I think I was still sleeping at that point. Um, uh, new Pokemon, new starters, um, kind of the normal stuff you'd expect. It looks like they are combining some elements from like the Pokemon go idea um, and the Pokemon let's go idea. So there will be this like sort of Safari zone area in the middle that I think kind of more mimics that style of play. My understanding, I could be a little bit off on that. Um, And it also seems like they're going with these Dynamax versions of Pokemon that you can actually kind of raid um, so it's going to be an interesting multiplayer addition to the Pokemon franchise, where there's a super powered Pokemon or version of a Pokemon where you and three up to three trainers can fight together. And it's you might cool. expect, and I think that is kind of exactly what the game needs is just that that something else. Because um, I think there is a limit to, especially for casual Pokemon players, to be PvPing in Pokemon. Um. Like I was never the person that took it upon themselves to be that really a high level player where p v p would be fun. I kind of just played against the game throughout, and that was kind of the extent of my enjoyment um and I think having something like that might be more the speed of the casual player,
0: yeah. Well, I think that it gives you something to, it fits kind of like you were saying into that kind of more traditional games of the service grind, you know, now where you want to go online and find some friends and play co-op and it gives you kind of a way to hang out with your friends and talk and still, you know, fight giant Pokemon. And the, the Dynamax Pokemon look awesome. I mean, when you said they're big, they're huge, like 50 or 60 feet tall would be my impression of them. Based yeah, on how I tall so. the trainers are. Like they're massive. Looks really cool. Um, the other thing I know about this game is I desperately, desperately, desperately want a woulu.
1: Yeah, it's pretty adorable. It's like a sheep. Big fluffy sheep thing.
0: It's it's like totally round and fluffy, and it has these cute little like ear wool braids, and it just wanna hug
1: one. Yeah. So I really like good. the uh the dreadmaw. Um, which is a bite Pokemon. Yeah. Um, this new water rock type um, with some like cool sharp teeth. And um, I just really, I really like that one. I want it.
0: I saw a guy try and get one of those out of the road one time in Michigan with a broom handle, I think. Um, How'd that go? It was that or a snapping turtle. Uh, not great, really. Um, snapping turtles do not wish to be rescued. Really, no. They just want to live they on They want to road. snap. Yep, pretty much. Um, I also like the, the 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 score bunny. Like I know that's not a new one, but I think it's really cute and real fast yeah. looking. Well, that's that's one, one of
1: the new starters, right?
0: I believe. Is it is it new? I thought that I was from new. like a game or two ago. There's
1: definitely been Pokemon that look like that. So. so
0: either way, I like it a lot and it's got like a cute bandage over its nose. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I like it a lot.
1: Yeah. His um, feet get hot when he runs, so he has fiery kicks.
0: And Sobel is also very cute. It's like yeah. a little sad water type. And yeah. mostly it's just like every once in a while I, I feel like a Sobel, I think. Like I yeah. have a bad day and I feel kind of sobly and wet. I,
1: I get it. Yeah. So. I'll probably play the Grookey. I Which kind one's of, that? The uh, the Leaf Starter. He is like a little monkey. Leaf monkey.
0: Oh, very um, nice.
1: I generally gravitate towards the grass Pokemons to start. I... So.
0: I gravitate towards the adorable Pokemons. Is that, like, a thing?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think okay. that one is absolutely adorable. adorable. So. Yeah.
0: I, I This game is very interesting to me because I've never played a Pokemon game before, and uh, I'm very excited to. So comes out um, November 15th. For those of you keeping track, that is the day before my birthday, if you're looking for uh, – <laughs> you're like, man, I don't know what to get Cliff. He's got everything. I will not have uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. So – yeah, it's good. Uh, next up, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, Magic the Gathering, another thing that Dylan is our resident expert on. So uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, the folks that uh, were directors, I believe, on the Avengers Endgame movie, are going to executive produce a Magic the Gathering series for Netflix. Do you want to – let me let me read this quote, and then you can tell me what it means. How does that sound? Yeah, All right. So – this uh, series will expand on the stories of the Planeswalkers, which are Magic's unique magic-wielding heroes and villains, as they contend with stakes larger than any one world can hold. What's a Planeswalker, Dylan?
1: Um, so this is not my strong area of Magic. Um, the lore part is not not my area, but I, I can answer it to some degree. Um, Perfect. <clears throat> so I think the idea, ultimately, when um i think the idea ultimately when magic was first taking off um was you were the planeswalkers so you were the wizards that used the spells which were the cards to do battle with your opponent right Um, that's kind of the, the concept behind magic and Originally I think the cards were actually named differently like they were called spells or something cuz your deck is called your library. Um so that's kind of where that lore bit comes from. Sure. Um and then at some point I want to say around 2010, I want to say it was like the core set 2010 of Magic. So almost a decade ago. When they introduced Planeswalker cards, and I, um, I'm sure those characters were a part of the lore before, but now they've they've put these characters within to the game, um, sure. and they're they're obviously ones that are. Um, all of the five colors have their own planeswalkers. Some of them are dual colored. Um, so the different color pairs, or maybe even triumvirates or quadruplets or quintuplets. I, I honestly don't know all of them. Um, and it was an interesting twist on the design, but so I'm sure that the show is going to be about those characters. Um, sure that actually kind of embody the characters of magic, the gathering. Um, Cause I'm sure there's a lot of love for um, some of those characters themselves. There are people that are really into the lore and I'm sure their the lore is very rich and cool. And that wasn't exactly what I was into the game for. Um, but I, I mean, I know tidbits uh, sure. of it, but I'm sure there's enough cool stuff there that um, I think there could be fans of this if, it turned into an animated series. Um, and I know there has been attempts at movies or things in the past based on this property. Yeah,
0: I'm, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, I think that I'm not going to say across the board, but I think Netflix, generally speaking, has done a pretty good job of handling properties like this that are kind of, um beloved by fans and done in a good way like i love the castlevania series i think that a lot of their original stuff's been very good rebels is really good and that's actually um the co-executive producer uh and writer of rebels is going to co-write and co-show run the series um along with uh the co-executive producer of the tick and agent carter yeah. so those are all great shows that i really enjoyed
1: it, um it definitely sounds like the right people have been tasked yeah. with doing this right yeah.
0: So, um, I don't think there's any sort of release date for this at this time. It sounds like it's it... so very early. Exactly. So, I think it's just kind of one of those things to keep an eye on. So, you know, check it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure when it does come out, we'll have more information on it. We'll talk about it again. So, just know that that is a thing. And if you're a Magic the Gathering person, that, uh, it's coming. Um, uh, next up, we're going to talk about Battalion 1944, which is a new, um, Game, I, like I don't want to say it's like Fortnite or like CS:GO or any of those, but it's it's definitely one of those like round based multiplayer games. So yeah. probably closer to CS:GO. Yeah, it sounds like it's than...
1: pretty similar to Counter Strike.
0: Yeah, um, um, but it's set in World War Two, so using period uh, accurate weapons, uh, and it's five v five, I believe.
1: I believe you are correct
0: yeah so it uh it started out in uh, 2016 as a kickstarter game came into early access last year and then uh, came out as a full game may 23rd so about you know two weeks ago um you can buy it on steam it's 13.50 so uh do you know much about this still you want to talk
1: a little bit about it or you want me to keep going um i don't mind talking about it a little bit um sure. i i i actually really enjoy this idea. Um, it might be something that I try. I really enjoyed Counter Strike. Um Same. I played Counter Strike mostly when it was put on the Xbox and I kind of just played against bots and I had a lot of fun doing that. I really like yeah. how Counter Strike works. I like the idea that you perform in a round, you're given money. That money is kind of like your your economy to buy the stuff you're gonna use for the future rounds. I think that's really cool um and Same. that's kind of how this game works so you're you're given tokens you get tokens based on winning if you lose you get like two tokens the next round if you lose again you get three tokens if you keep losing that number keeps increasing to in theory give you an advantage to until you win a round and then it kind of i think squats, it does stop right? at
0: four though yeah it you f- only
1: get four if you, if you right um so it, it's similar to counter-strike in that regard and there's a few different game types like uh, like Deathmatch, Capture the Flag, Domination, um, those kinds of rounds similar, probably very much similar to Counter-Strike. But I, I like the World War II twist on it. I've always been a fan of playing um, games in that era. I, I think I just find the weaponry more interesting. Um, I think mostly because I think modern stuff is too good sometimes, and it it, it's, <laughs> it can be fun to use... Not primitive, but more primitive yeah. type of weaponry when it wasn't quite figured out yet. And the stuff seemed a little more experimental. I don't know. It just seems fun when you're, you're running out of Tommy guns instead of, like, these super modern rifles and stuff, so...
0: That's interesting. Like, I'm almost the exact opposite of that. Like, I'm not a huge fan of World War II guns because yeah. I think they are kind of boring and not yeah. very interesting. And it's it's not really they my have jam. character. So, yeah, they definitely do have some characters. They so. all look
1: the same now.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a game I'd pay thirteen fifty four. I guess if I knew a bunch of people
1: playing it, it I think be, I, I think I'd be the same way. Like if yeah. I had some friends, but otherwise, I'm probably not going to get into a five v five multiplayer game that I don't have Aww. friends to play it with. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds cool,
0: though. It does sound cool, I, and I I like that it it's something a little bit different. I like anytime a new game comes onto that scene. Apparently, it's been getting a lot of uh, kind of
1: high prior high
0: yeah hype i guess would be the right word uh because high like visibility Dis- from yeah that's what I was dr expecting. disrespect is playing it um a couple other like imp- i don't want to say important because i think dr disrespect said high you know, visibility stream there you go there you go high visibility streamers um and so you know it's kind of out there so if that sounds like your thing maybe give it a go right now it is pc only um part of their kickstarter uh list of things they said they would do, I guess, was that eventually it was going to come to consoles. They're saying it will still probably come to consoles. So if you're a console player, uh, you know, maybe, maybe eventually it will be something you can play. So that is that, uh, next up is something that if you are a PC player, I think you will find very interesting. It's something we've been talking about a lot lately. Uh, Microsoft has officially announced that game pass will be coming to the PC platform, which like. This, to me, is one of the biggest coups that I think Microsoft could have uh, could have done. Like, to me, Game Pass is something that kind of revolutionized the way that Xbox works. Um, I'm constantly shocked at how good the games I mean, like, literally, I went into Game Pass this weekend because I was waiting for something, waiting for my brother to go online, I don't remember. And I'm like, oh, sweet. There's, like, six games here that even though we talk about them all the time, I kind of forgot were coming out. And so I downloaded, like, six new games that I really want to play. Outer Wilds and uh, Void Bastards, which are both day one releases that came out, like, in the last week, have both been getting insanely good buzz. They're supposed to both be just absolutely incredible games. So there's a lot going on with Game Pass, and to bring it to the PC platform is, I think... I think it's a really good move on Microsoft's part if they can make it work. Um, it's going to launch with uh, over 75 publishers being involved in it with over 100 games. Right now, Xbox uh, Game Pass is over 200 games, so not quite as many, but still a good amount. Um, it's going to have games from Bethesda, Sega, Devolver Digital, Paradox, Deep Silver, um, Uh, Just like Game Pass on the Xbox, all Microsoft exclusives will launch day and date into the uh, PC version of Game Pass. Um, What we don't have yet is details. And I'm sure that after Saturday's uh, E3 press conference, we'll have all sorts of details as well. Um, Things like when it's going to go live and how much it will cost. Um, I'm really, really, really hoping that they recognize that there are a lot of people that have an Xbox and a PC and that maybe, you know, individually they're 10 bucks a piece, which is what Game Pass costs. But maybe you can get both of them for 15 instead of having to pay an extra 10 Um Is it something you think you'll you'll subscribe into, Dylan?
1: I don't know. <laughs> Subscriptions these days, I, just, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm almost subscriptioned out, I yeah, guess. I can, it's just, I can see that. So it's kind of like you'll have to play the pick and choose game. Um, this month, I might do this that month, but that sounds like a headache too. I don't know.
0: My Game Pass is prepaid already on the Xbox for a while. Like I think I have at least a year of of Game Pass prepaid. Mm-hmm. Um, so picking up another one at 10 bucks a month is not too bad. And I mean, that's the kind of thing you've got to think about on a lot of these uh, monthly subscriptions too, is that, yeah, you can pay 10 bucks a month, um, but a lot of times, you can also get a deal where you get a year of it for right. you know, sixty. Um, which is, I mean, the last time I paid Game Pass, I am paying five bucks a month for it. So,
1: right, you and know, I don't. If it's something I want, I think I I want to be diligent in getting those deals when they do happen because I am not the person that uses it often. So, yeah. am I really getting the value out of it? Probably not. Would I love to have it all the time? Yeah. Do I, I mind mean, really paying for it? No, because. I agree with it, and I think it's good to support it.
0: It's kind of one of those it's things, too. Those but things if you, so. if you can get it on sale, even if you can't get it on sale, it's literally only cost of two full price games a year. So if you get it and play three or four games on it, you've already paid for right. it. And if um, you do
1: get those big titles, yeah, it, it's fine. Like if you get the Forza and the Sea of Thieves every year, yep, like. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not disappointed after that. I, I think that's so. the thing
0: is. Since I've gotten it, I've played Forza For a ton. I've played Sea of Thieves quite a bit. I played State of Decay quite a bit. You know, um, I'm. I'm looking forward to a bunch of other games. There's a ton of fun stuff on there. So I don't ever feel bad about my Game Pass subscription. Like never feel bad about my Game Pass subscription. So uh, we'll follow up next week with uh, with more information on. Um, the details of that um you know one thing i did not put in our show notes was actually when e3 was this year um and it's coming up really soon and i okay good i actually have it so um let's let's go through the e3 broadcast stuff real fast Um, these are all going to be in eastern time because i'm pulling it from Oh, poor Dylan. I'm pulling it from uh, Vinny's list, so you just have to do time zone math. Um, Tomorrow, there's a... And I I think this is technically part of E3. Maybe not. I don't know. Google's doing a Stadia um, presentation to talk more about that. There's huge rumors that Destiny 2 is going to be a big portion of that and either will launch on Stadia... Or we'll have cross-play, cross-progression. There's all sorts of Destiny 2 Stadia rumors that hopefully we'll know tomorrow. We were going to actually put it into our actual notes, and then we're like, by the time you listen to this, you'll already know the answer. So I guess you're listening to this in the past, and you're in the future, and go you. Um, past that, June 9th, Microsoft will have a conference at 4 p.m. Eastern. June 9th, Bethesda will have a conference at 8.30 Specific t- or I'm sorry, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, June 10th, Ubisoft has a sh- uh, presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. That's really early. I think that's Sunday. Ew. Uh, June 10th, the Kind of Funny Showcase will be at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. June 10th, uh, Square Enix has a presentation at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And then June 11th, Nintendo will have a direct at noon Eastern Time. So lots of cool stuff to... Uh, to check out like e3 for me is like gamer christmas i think vinny and i are actually going to do a bunch of um bite me dlc episodes about all these these conferences so uh you can watch that for reactions you can actually actually uh vinny is going to do live reacts of these two on his twitch channel uh twitch.tv slash devinster i believe so there's a whole bunch of different ways you can watch those you can also obviously watch it on twitch and mixer and youtube and all that kind of stuff as well um next up uh cuphead the hard 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 cute cartoony game where you play as a couple of teacups is coming to the tesla this might be my favorite story ever so the the best the best react i've heard it to it so far is my kid said huh cuphead's coming to the tesla before it comes to the ps4 i'm like yep yep it sure is Classic. right it's on everything on else Right? It's super weird. Wow. Yeah. So so where's the game available? Uh, you know, the Xbox, the Switch, PC, and the Tesla. Um, it's going to be available on Tesla's model, model 3. So Hans has a Tesla Model 3, so he is going to have to buy Cuphead and let us know how it is. He can review it for us. Um, the Model S and the Model X. Um, apparently, Elon Musk is just a huge fan of the game and reached out to the developers this wasn't like a the developers were trying to you know get it on a weird platform elon musk actually reached out directly to them and said like hey do you want to put this on our car um <laughs> and apparently <laughs> apparently the answer was yes um their only caveat is is that the game needed to run the same as the game runs on uh, on a console because it's so frame rate dependent. Like that game can't be choppy or else you can't play it. So oh, yeah. apparently it's coming along really well. The only um, stipulations, I guess, are that you do have to have a wired USB controller for your car, which is the strangest thing I think I've ever said out loud, but you you do need a wireless USB controller to plug into your car to play it. Um, and it's only going to include the Inkwell aisle section of the game, just because apparently the Tesla doesn't have a lot of storage in it because you know it's a car and not a console. Um, I, I don't know if like eventually you're gonna be able to plug like a USB three drive into your, your car and expand that storage, but whatever. It's coming out later in the summer, so. I guess I guess now we can play video games in our cars. I mean, you all, I guess the Teslas had like arcade games for a while, but I don't know, man. It's all weird. It's super weird. So weird. Um, so we're going to segue into a game that uh, very soon you won't be able to play anymore, whether you want to play it in your car or your Xbox. Um, Minecraft Story Mode has had two separate releases. So it actually had a, a part one and a part two, obviously made by Telltale Games, the game company that went out of business last year. And lately a lot of their games have been kind of going into the store and out of the store and into the store and out of the store um, just as licensing expires and there's not really anybody to help take care of that. Uh, But apparently Minecraft story mode is going away potentially forever. And so the way it usually works when a game gets pulled from a store is that if you already own it, um, you can download it forever. Minecraft story mode is not going to work that way. So it is not only going to be pulled from the store, but if you don't have it downloaded to your Xbox, it's gone forever. That also means that if say, your Xbox dies, you lose that game forever unless you like figure out a way to pull it off your your hard drive, which is I guess one of the like slight dangers of digital distribution is that this kind of thing can happen. It's kind of a bummer. Um, I don't know, personally, I think it's probably a worthy trade-off to not have a huge shelf full of video games. I mean, mm-hmm. I have like, I don't know, I have like 300, 300, I mean, I have 200 Game Pass games plus another 250 Xbox digital games. Right. You know, I don't have room to store all those, I promise. So, you know, there's, there's a downside, I guess. But uh, the moral of the story is that I think it's going to go away at the end of June, June 25th, June 26th. If that is a game that you think you are going to want to play again, uh, just download it, make sure it's on your Xbox, and then uh, keep it there forever. I guess june twenty fifth is the day. So kind of a bummer. I've played the first chapter, but it. it was okay. If you like Minecraft, it's probably something that's more interesting to you. but we'll go from there. Anyway, Dylan, we're gonna do some questions now. Is it that time? It's that time? do you wanna do you wanna bring out our first questionnaire?
1: Vinny. Hey, What's going on?
0: I don't think questionnaire is the right thing. That would be more of a question thing you fill out. Is he a questionnaire? Yeah, like a questionnaire. En- engineers questions. There you go. Oh, so like an engineer, but he's a questionnaire. Yeah, I like that. That's what we call all these people from now on. They're questionnaires. Vinnie's question is: What is the first game experience you had that made you realize games could do stories well, even comparatively to movies and television? Do you want to uh,
1: go first. Or you want me to go to first. Um. I, I have a YouTube note preference. Go ahead. If you got one. I'll- uh, Vice City. Vice City is a very good choice. Yeah. I, I think I'm also of the age where if there was something before that that had just a fantastic story, I probably wasn't old enough to know. Um, So I think in the early 2000s, I was probably of the age where I could recognize that. And Vice City obviously has a very good story Um, yeah and I honestly don't know if I could name a game before that that had such a developed cast of characters and and a well put together story
0: yeah no I think that makes makes a lot of sense Um, the one I usually throw out for this is um, actually Wing Commander 4 which in this case might be a bit of a it might be cheating a little bit because it had a ton of full motion video in it so a lot of the story was actually told via full motion video so i don't know if i can say that game is you know had a great story compared to movies and television when it actually just had a movie in it like i mean there were real actors in it mark hamill's in it malcolm mcdowell's in it so yeah uh, that was one of the very first games that i really felt a lot of emotion about the story so i guess if you're if if i can count that i would say wing commander four um after that I I think there are a lot of games that have really good stories but I think um, ones that I I felt the story was very important and very touching uh, are games like a lot of the walking sims I play like I thought Gone Home had a terrific story I thought that Tacoma had a really great story I love the story in um, Oxenfree so those are all kind of new games so it seems kind of weird that I'm skipping like I don't know 20 years in the middle there are a lot of games with great stories but You know, and I think the other side of it is, is I don't know if games really need to compete with movies and television. You know, I
1: mean, I think you experience the stories a little differently, and yeah, I I think in a lot of cases, a good game story is not at all on the same level. Um, Yeah, but the story is a part of the overall experience that makes the game good. Um, I think it, it would be hard to pick that many games that really hold a candle to like fantastic movies like it's just not quite the same comparison nor do you have the like games aren't the perfect medium for telling stories either so i don't think it's unfair to say that those walking sims that you've played later probably were one of the early times that you realized they could compete with movies, right um because i mean before that not a lot of games really told a story in that way um Mm -hmm. because even if you you really like the lore of the early god of war games let's say like god of war one yeah it's it's a cool story but is it comparable no probably not yeah uh not to movies um does it show potential that it could tell that that good of a story yeah there's potential there but uh i don't think the story is that good because the scenes aren't put together the same way where you're showing all the interactions between the characters and stuff there's a lot of stuff that's told through you just slaying demons yeah. um,
0: I think that games too uh, the reason you have questions like this is because games want to legitimize themselves with other media. And I guarantee you, if you could travel a hundred years in the past, you know, there would have been someone in the twenties going, like, what's the first, you know, motion picture you saw that you really felt conveyed? A story as well as a book did. And, you know, what's the, what's the, you know, if you look back into the 30s, 40s, 50s, like what's the first TV show you saw that you thought could convey emotion as well as a book did or as a movie did? You know, it's every medium wants to legitimize itself by comparing it to other mediums. Right. And, you know, there are things that are going to always be better as a book. Um, There are things that are always going to be better as a movie. There are always things that are going to be better as a, like, serialized TV show. Um... And so I think we can also just say, hey, games can live in their own place, and sometimes they compare favorably to TV or books or movies, and sometimes they don't, but there's a place for all of them. So
1: Right, and I think that's fair. I mean, Vinny's question is just games could do stories well, right? He's not trying to say, yeah. like, just they, they can tell a story, and that that's yeah. fine. Like, we can tell stories on all mediums. Yeah. Um but I think it, it's important to keep those things separate. It's the same way when, like, when I have an idea for something, like, okay, does this idea what 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 do I do with this idea? Do, is this idea a movie or is this idea a book? Is this yep. idea a television show? Is this idea a short film? Um, yep. Because all of those things do things differently, even within the the realm of of like movies, um, like films and stuff. Um, Even there's different genres of filmmaking that gravitate towards the particular role in the film. Like uh, they say movies are a director's medium, right? Uh, And that kind of means... The director ultimately has most of the control, right? It's their story to tell. Yeah, the people that write it and all these people are acting in it, but ultimately it's the director's vision. Um, Television is a writer's medium because you have these long arcing stories over the course of many, many seasons where it's more like a novel, right? Because you have so much storytelling in there. That's where the writer really gets to shine. Um documentary filmmaking is very much about the editing. Um, because you're telling the story through all this stuff that you've just put in a bucket. You've collected buckets and buckets and buckets of things, and now someone has to sit in an editing room and, and put it all together and make a story out of it, right? Yep. So even within just movies, there there's so many different things that different people can do on those those uh movies. It's like even movies themselves are different than other movies. Um, and I think games are finding their way to, to be able to be their own achievement um, because, I mean, there's a lot of people that are involved in, in in games from how they look and what the story does and how the gameplay feels and how you feel when you play it and and all these other things. It's
0: Yep. 100% agreed. Games are good. Movies are good. TV is good. I say books are great. Comic books are great. Like yeah. consume all of them. Just never go outside and stay inside or and consume go and do these things. Yeah. You can read outside. Your phone goes outside. You can watch a movie outside. You can get a projector, watch it on the side of your house, do those things. It's good. Uh, next up, we, I don't know how we did it, but our good friend, man socks, we, we blew over his question last week. And so I wanted to put it in the, uh, hollowed second spot in our, uh, in our questions Ooh. today. Right. I could have put him for Vinny, but that just seemed like a little much. Um, his question is, is, as always, fantastically important. He wants to know, at a Coke Freestyle machine, I guess if you've never seen one of those, like hopefully you've seen one of those, yeah, but cool. uh, kind of like, I, I don't know. I kind of go a couple of ways on Coke Freestyle machines, but uh, it's a single machine that has a big screen on it and you can choose from uh, like every single flavor ever made of Coke and then add like cherry and raspberry and vanilla an orange, and it seems like one other flavor to any of those. So, whoops! I just hit my microphone. You can have a Coke that's raspberry flavored, or a Coke that's cherry flavored, or a cherry, Coke vanilla. That is cherry vanilla, orange. Yeah, all sorts of things um inside. Have you ever seen like them open up one of those up? I have not. They're real weird. They look like a giant, like it's just a tray full of what looked like print cartridges. Um, that they like pop one out and they just pop another one in. That's what makes the flavor, which I assume is why Coke free freestyle machines always taste a little chemically to me. But you know, whatever. Um, I, I complain that they don't taste quite right, and that if there's only one in the store, you're just going to wait forever right. to uh, to actually
1: get your your drink. So, do you have a do you have a, a favorite? Um, I did try the uh, that new like vanilla orange Coke. Yeah. That was pretty good because I am definitely a fan of the the creamsicle. Um, I like that it means I can have like a cherry vanilla coke. Yeah. I don't know if I have a favorite um, necessarily, um, but I do like spicing it up.
0: Yeah, I I'm a oddly enough I'm a cherry vanilla drinker too. That's like my my go to is cherry vanilla coke. Um they did have like seasonal holiday flavors. I'm going to say like 2 years ago and they had like winter coke and I don't know what flavor that was, but it did have a little bit of orange to it. It had I don't like I don't know what was in it, but the 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 holiday coke I liked a lot. So yeah, um, I did not tell you this, but Mansox's favorite flavor is the Barks Orange Cream Soda, which also sounds I bet that would be delicious. good. Yeah, my kid likes to go to those and just make the sweetest, most vile drink you can possibly imagine. Um, he's like, here, taste this. I'll taste it. And it just like, Instantly makes
1: my head hurt. So, does he just like mix different flavors here? I don't know what he does, man.
0: You can, there's like an app and you can save them too. And so, he saves all these vile concoctions, they're terrible. Uh, next up, Optimist Prime wants to know with the lack of time we all have these days, do you still try to 100% games or you just finish the game for the storyline? Dylan,
1: um. I definitely, I've definitely never been someone that hundred percent of games. Um, so I guess that's my answer. Um, and very rarely have I felt the need to go above and beyond, um, what the story would be. Um, and honestly, like now I feel like I'm playing games that aren't really reliant on story modes, um, which is also interesting, I guess. Um, how do you beat Rocket League? Right. Yeah. Um, or even like, I know there's a story in Diablo, but in reality, I'm just like kind of playing sections of the game over and over and over to level up and get loot. So it's like, I don't, but there's not really a hundred percenting that game. It's just like infinite quest for the best loot. Um, yeah. But I guess that's kind of like hundred percenting, but you'll never get there. Um, So I don't, I don't exactly know how to answer.
0: I think that's actually the worst part about games like um, specifically Destiny and The Division that I've I've been playing. I played a lot of Destiny and then I'm playing a lot of The Division now. I'm sure those games have a fantastic story. I hear people talk about the story all the time. And because I play them with people and we just kind of run and gun through them, like, I don't know, The Division, I, I guess I'm trying to help secure a bunch of places because there's some bad guys that are doing some bad stuff, but I don't know what, um, because you're talking to someone else the entire time. So it's kind of a bummer that they probably spend a lot of time working on story in those and you need something to keep pushing it forward. But I don't know who the bad guys are. I don't know what the difference between one faction of these bad guys and another faction of these bad guys is. It just, just doesn't matter. Like some of them are bad and some of them else of them are bad.
1: Right. Um, um. To be honest, like I, I haven't, um, I haven't played a game for the story that recently. Even um, I think I've kind of just done other things. So I, other than like, I think Detroit: Become Human and Red Dead Redemption Two were the, the last games I, I played where I played for the story of the game. Um, other than that, I've kind of just been playing, yeah, other stuff.
0: I uh, the last game I hundred percented was Far Cry Five, and I'm not even sure I a hundred hundred percented that. Like I, I think I got really close, um, yeah. but I don't think I. I don't know if I did all the like hunting and fishing and stuff. I might have, but like I've never gotten all the achievements on a game. Like I've never done that. I did Um, in the
1: first Borderlands before there was DLC. Yeah, I've
0: never, never done that. And I rarely, rarely, rarely 100% games. So it's, uh, I guess that's your answer. I didn't do it before and I almost never do it now. I definitely never do
1: it now. Yeah. So too many, too many things to do. To me, it kind of feels like an, an endless it's kind of like a goose chase to me like i don't i don't know if i'd ever i just don't feel like the hunt is really of a value to me i don't i don't know yeah
0: i i like beating games i really like beating games like there's a big sense of accomplishment in beating games. i have a big list that i keep track of it i you know it's something that i i very much strive to do um i feel very incomplete if i don't you know beat that last boss but uh I'm not, I'm not a hundred percenter. It's just not, just not worth it. Uh, Next up, Geekopia, which I, you know, I was going to do a Patreon list, but I'm too nervous to try and (laughs) pronounce his name. Um, just, just, just so you know, Geekopia gives us money. He's a good person. He's a good guy. Um, his name's probably Michael. Um, (laughs) Michael. (laughs) We're just going to have to, I'm going to nickname him. That's what I have to do. Uh, which setting would you like to see for a new game made by the, uh, Fallout Elder Scroll team? So the folks at Bethesda personally, I would love a Western setting. Personally, I would also love a Western setting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, that's my, anytime anyone's like, what games would you like to see more made of? I'm like, Western, please, Western, yeah. which is weird. It's like, I don't watch Western movies. Like, it's not something I, I love playing games that there, though. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, when you look at Fallout and the Elder Scrolls, you know, you've got post-apocalyptic. You know, you have fantasy. <sighs> They're also making a game called Mm, star something Starbound, yeah. star something so you know that bethesda is making like a, a space sci-fi game so i don't have to wish
1: on that one so what yeah. else are we
0: going to wish for except western
1: yeah um that's kind of what i thought too is like i what i don't know how many other genres they can really i i would like
0: to see like like a cyberpunk or steampunk setting might be really cool for those guys. Like, even like a Bioshocky kind of setting, take the, the Bethesda model and drop it into something like that would be fun. But I think Western is absolutely the best choice.
1: How about post apocalyptic sci fi Western?
0: Yes. Jeez, that would be great, yeah. post-apocalyptic, but with like robots.
1: Yeah. But, it's it's kinda no, like you know, it's like Steam World, kind of.
0: <laughs> I was just gonna say, you know what game you just described, Steam World, and I want every game to be in Steam World. So, yeah, I would, I would a hundred percent let Bethesda take the Steam World IP and make a game. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm done uh joe coleslaw wants to know how often do you find yourself just window shopping for games uh, on consoles uh no intention to buy but just to browse how often do you impulse buy because of this he also specifies like parts for your pc um
1: Uh, kind of often i i feel like i almost obsess over the idea of playing certain games uh specifically world of warcraft um but i just i don't it's something like I don't even know if it's a, not about pulling the trigger. It's like I'm almost nervous to dip my toe into it because I just don't, I don't really know what to expect. Really want to enjoy it. Um, take a character level twenty-one, try it out. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, um, I but I've definitely bought games on the assumption that I'm going to play it, but I don't know if I window shopped. Uh, like, I feel like those are two different things. Like me window shopping and impulsively buying something is not the same thing. Like I'll yeah. either buy something cause it's like, it's interesting and on sale or um, I kind of like dance around the idea of getting it, which was kind of like what I did with destiny Two. But that was almost more of a result of, I knew three people that played it on PS4, three people on PC and three people on Xbox. And that's like, I don't, know where i should get this game and i didn't until it was in the humble bundle or whatever and got a copy that way or whatever
0: i i don't think i ever really just like go to steam and poke at games or go to the microsoft store at poke games i do it a little bit with hardware um a little bit where i'm like Dude, I can. I really want to go look at fancy monitors, or I really want to go look at fancy video cards. But it's almost always something that's been. It's not like I go out and look at those things. It's like I'll get a email with, "Hey, there's a bunch of games on sale," and I'll go look at those. Or, "Hey, monitors are on sale today," you know, at Newegg, and I'll go look at those. It's very rarely do I'm like, you know, what I would like to do right now? Go to the Microsoft Store, or Steam, and right. go just browse. And I think part of it's part of it. I think is because I am kind of into games enough that i don't need to like i know what games are out there i know which games i want to play i keep a pretty good wish list of games that i'm interested in um and part of it is just because those stores suck for the most part like they're not well laid out they're not really made for that they're i don't know what they're made for because they're not great at searching
1: either um so no i guess not really um well i think i think there was an interesting time uh a number of years ago probably the I would say the early mid 2000s for me where I didn't really have internet access in a capability that I would use it. Yeah. Um, And I used to go to Blockbuster and I would actually like peruse the game shelves and things. And that's how like, that was part of to get discovery. Like that box art looks cool. What's this game about? Oh, I went to Safeway and got official Xbox magazine from the magazine section. And I went home and that's how I found games, right? And that's how I would like, oh, I really want this game. Now I got to go mow lawns and stack wood and save money to get this game, right? And then ask my mom to pick it up on her way home from work because i can't get to the next town over where i can actually buy games because i live in a small town that's 30 minutes away from anywhere that i can actually purchase a game so
0: yeah yeah i used to do the browsing thing way more in like the i'm gonna even say like late 90s um probably before so i started working at software etc in 1995 i think and so like almost pre that uh, but I didn't get a PC until, like, about that time either. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, I, I got a PC in, like, 93, so I probably spent a lot of time, like, looking at games between, like, 93 and 95, and and console stuff, I guess, before that. Um, but then, you know, I worked at Software extra for a couple of years, so there wasn't a whole lot of reason to browse there, because I had one. And then I think after that, I, I kind of fell out of gaming for a little while, and so I don't think I... You know, I'd go to the store, I guess, but I don't think I've gone and looked at games at a store for a while. Like, occasionally, I guess I'll find myself in a, in a GameStop or something, but I usually already know what they have, so I don't know. Uh, good question, Joe. Uh, next up is uh, Eduardo Desperado, which is a, a fantastic take on Eddie Spaghetti. Uh, and he likes to you know which Capcom, which Capcom game would you guys like to have in the Resident Evil engine? What do you think?
1: I know which one Dylan's gonna choose. It, it was, in fact, the one that um, he chose, and uh but I kind of wanted a twist on it, and I wanted to actually literally have Mega Man, but in Resident Evil. I want this game to be Dead Space, but Mega Man's the protagonist. Oh, that's a good choice. That's I, like that's the game I want. I want Mega Man Dead Space.
0: That's a really good. That's a really good choice. I'm kind of drawing a blank on Capcom games, like off the top of my head, to be honest. Yeah. Um, let's see. What could we do? You could do Dead um, Rising. Is that a Capcom? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess I could see that. I guess to me, like, I don't know if the Resident Evil engine is so. I mean, it's cool, I guess, but I don't know if it's so much cooler than any other engine, really. Um, how about how about I play off what you're saying, and we'll put the Street Fighter characters
1: in the Resident Evil universe. Yeah. so just like, uh, like zombie beat 'em up.
0: Well, yeah, and so, but like, so Dylan and I were looking. At, I wish I could remember the name of it offhand, but there's a new co-op um, multiplayer game coming out, so you can play uh a horror game multiplayer uh, with your friends at the same time. It's called uh, Blackout Club. Looks really cool. Um but what if you instead had a fighting game where your only defense was your like your actual fighting move. So you know Ryu could like shoot, you know Hadouken's at the bad guys and, and that's how you'd fight it so Street Fighter in in uh, the Resident Evil universe so I don't think that was exactly what he was asking but I think that's the answer I, I want to give
1: Right. That's. I mean that's ultimately what the question made me think of was like yeah. I just want Dead Space with Mega Man I don't yeah, know I would, like I just want that mashup I, I've heard rumors that Dead Space
0: 4 is coming out uh, or they're going to reboot the Dead Space universe and I, I could be 100% behind that
1: yeah I like it I love I, lo- I love Dead Space. It's a Great. game I've always wanted to go back and play. I think it still looks pretty okay too. Yeah, yeah no, I, I I've played it relatively recently, and it looks
0: it looks real good. So it's a 360 game. Those games are pretty playable.
1: Yeah. So especially the ones that looked like that game looked really good for the time. Yeah. Even like it it was pretty solid. Yep. I agree.
0: Uh, Angel girl wants to know: Do you think there will be any special guests on stage at E3, and if so, who? What do you think?
1: Um, that was a I don't really even, loud... I don't even know. I th- i I've, I've thought about this, and I just don't. I don't know if I've I don't know if i followed E3 enough in the past to to know what to expect from things like that. If if that's fair. <sighs> So special
0: guests. Uh, occasionally, you'll see someone kind of interesting. Um, there was they brought uh, Miyamoto on, right, to talk about um, uh, to the Ubisoft show to talk about Rabbids versus right. Mario. That's um, who point. was that? Who was that metal guitar player that for some reason was at the Bethesda show or the Ubisoft show? Do you remember? I don't remember what the guy's name was. It was super awkward, though. I don't remember. I don't remember his name. Uh, Optimus Prime was talking, name dropping him the other day, and I, I didn't know who he was. Um, there's that uh, that awesome cello player that they sometimes bring out. To Yo-Yo do. Ma. No, it is not Yo-Yo Ma. It's <laughs> the only she,
1: cello player I know.
0: It is definitely a she. Um, she played, I think, with um, the dude who did the Doom
1: soundtrack. I think like, I know two. who you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, she's
0: like, like really I mean. badass and plays like a really cool cello. Like she plays like an electric cello. Um so there's definitely been some cool people. How about I throw out what if um non-compete agreements don't exist and they bring Reggie on stage uh, during the Microsoft presentation and he's now in charge of uh, game pass on the switch? I mean, I don't think it'll happen no but that'd be cool uh, mostly because I can't imagine he can work for another video game company for. A long, 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 long time. Um, I I would say there is a possibility that we get... um, Sony does not have a press conference this year. They've opted out of E3, which based on their past two E3 performances, I think is probably a good idea because they've been pretty bad. Um, I would not be super shocked if Someone from Sony came on stage during the Microsoft press conference to talk about an expanded uh, entry into um, game uh, crossplay crossplay in, in video games between Xbox and PlayStation. I think that it's happening enough now. We've seen it in enough games that they probably are pretty close to opening that floodgate. Um, it would be kind of a mea culpa for Sony to come on the Microsoft stage. But I think also at the same time, I think everyone's kind of aware that PlayStation has been kind of the person that's been holding that back. So it might be really good PR for Sony to come on the Microsoft stage and say like, Hey, we're ready to do it. Let's figure out how to make this happen. So I I could see that happening. I can, I can, I hope that happens. So we'll see. Uh, Next up, cheap and free games. Wee. I don't always yeah I don't always pull the Nintendo online free games because they don't get a lot of press oddly enough uh, but I saw it today so uh for the month of June if you're a Nintendo online subscriber it's twenty bucks a month if you have twitch prime and you have so if you're an Amazon prime subscriber and you um you get Twitch Prime for free. You can actually get Nintendo online free for a year, I believe. So you go in and you do like a three month subscription and then once that three months is up, you can expand that out another nine months. So if you haven't done that and you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you should definitely hook your uh, twitch.tv account up to your Amazon Prime and get that, uh, which would net you Double Dragon 2, The Revenge for free, a game called Volleyball. Like, I mean, if you could name a volleyball game anything volleyball should probably be the last thing you should name it but i guess at some point they did um, it's apparently not very good either um, and then a game called city connection so those are your nintendo online games double dragon 2 is probably a pretty pretty solid entry into that uh that list i'll probably actually give that one a a little bit of a play um Games with Gold from Xbox announced really really late this month. Um so it did not actually make it in our last podcast. So as of right now, uh June 1st to the 30th, you can get EA Sports NHL 19 if you like hockey. Um and also uh Portal, the first Portal game is available the 1st through the 15th. If you have not played Portal, it's the Still Alive edition and you 100% should because Portal is probably one of the 10 greatest games ever made. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Starting on June 16th through July 15th, you'll be able to pick up Rivals of Aether. Is is that how you think you'd pronounce that, Dylan? A-E-T-H-E-R. It is apparently an indie fighting game set in a world where civilizations wage war by summoning the power of fire, (laughs) water, earth, and coughing. Um, Maybe earth as well. Uh, It looks kind of like one of those generic-y Super Smash Brothers clones, but might be fun. Uh, And then on the Xbox 360, the 16th through the 30th, you'll be able to get Earth Defense Force 2017, which Dylan tells me is a lot of fun. Oh, it's so fun.
1: It's just 80s B-movie, giant bug-killing fun. It's the best. Your brother would love it
0: nice nice i like killing bugs that sounds great uh again twitch prime if you have not hooked up your your amazon account to your twitch tv account you should because you'll get uh aegis defenders which is a 2d 2D platformer where you play as a team of ruin hunters searching for a legendary weapon that game's great uh is it we played it at pax remember oh you're right yeah no that game was fun yeah so pick up that That was really interesting Um, you'll get you'll get 10 second ninja x in which you're a ninja and you have 10 seconds to take all out all of the nazi robots on a map. I don't know how do you make a nazi robot? Like that seems like
1: i, I you assume know,
0: they were made by nazis. I guess does that make them nazi robots? I guess. I guess it's a nazi tank. So it's, it's not necessarily that the the robot itself subscribes to nazi propaganda but that it was made by nazis. If it was android, you could have a nazi android, right? right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, 10 Second Ninja uh, it has a, it's a side scroll. It has over 100 levels. Uh, Stickbold is a colorful sports game similar to dodgeball that pits you against your friends through hectic local co- co-multiplayer gameplay. Co co multiplayer is the most awkward word I've ever read. I believe they mean co op, probably couch co op. So if you like couch co op, Stick Bold is a game to grab. And then finally, the Metronomicon, which is a great word. It's a rhythm game where you fight monsters with the power of music. So. It's a good name. Good name. That sounds, that sounds, that can be kind of fun. I like the power of music. It could be good. Uh, That's all the cheap free stuff we have this week. And I think that is actually the end of our podcast. So. Uh you can follow us on Facebook, Facebook Facebook, <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. Dot- facebook facebook.com slash bite me podcast twitter.com slash bite me podcast if you are more of a website kind of person you go to our website at bite me you can email us at bite me b-y-t-e by the way at bite me um if you like the humble bundles you can support us by going to bite mepodcast.com slash humble if you would like to hang out and chat with us you could uh do so at bite me dot com slash discord if you want to be a patron friend you could uh follow us at patreon dot com slash uh, bite me podcast I was thinking maybe you know I part of part of being a patron is that you do get you do get your name read so even though I'm a little scared of Michael's name we should probably read their names does that is that right Dylan I guess yes these people are amazing. They give us money every month. We love them. Uh, they are some of our biggest supporters. They're people that hang out in our podcast, uh, in, our, uh, in our Discord. They're good folks. So let me read their names as soon as I can pull up this stupid page. I, I swear to God, Patreon is the most weird, clicky place in the entire world. Anyway, here we go. Operator Jack, good guy from Australia. We love him. Megan Phillips. Um, she felt very called out when I talked about her pink name the other day. So I'm going to call <laughs> her out again and talk about her pink name. Good people. I owe her stickers. I owe her a lot of stickers. Michael Kennedy. How did you say it last week, Dylan? I said Gautier.
1: Michael KG. That's that's what we're gonna that's, call. That's it. Michael we KG. That
0: we nailed it. Maybe that's why he <laughs>
1: writes it that way. In like I don't know.
0: I don't know. I he's just like, he's just luck. he's he's just helping us poor stupid Americans out. There's nothing we can do. I mean, it's not my fault. I'm sorry. I was born here. Um anyway, he's another one of our new patrons. Good 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 people. Uh, I owe him stickers as well. going to get all of those stickers at some point when my life slows down just a smidge. Tom McDermott, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, Joe Cold Jr., Kevin Schulte, and of course, Vinnie Champa, all our good Patreon friends. We have other patrons too. They're also good people. We like them a lot. We just, they don't pay us enough to mention their names, but they're all great people. We love all of them. Uh, you can get this podcast a little bit early if uh, if you, you know, do one of those patron things and you get a fancy color in your, uh, in the Discord, just like Megan found out. So, come hang out with us on Discord. Come hang out with us on Patreon. What else should we do, Dylan?
1: um play games play more games
0: play damn pl- always play more games yeah. lead us out sir <gasps> bite me bite me bite me, bite me.